In this edition of Locked On Capitals, we talk about the very latest with Connor McMichael. Then we'll talk about TJ Oshie and Dmitry Orloff. When can we expect to see them back in the lineup? And then to close out the show, we will talk about the trade talk with this Washington Capitals team. We'll talk about all of that and more next on this edition of Locked On Capitals. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form, so head on over to YouTube and check it out. And when you're on YouTube, make sure and hit that subscribe button. And if you like the videos, give it a thumbs up. It really helps grow the channel. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. So what was announced yesterday was that Connor McMichael is, in fact, getting sent down to Hershey. And this is something that we've talked about on this podcast for some time, that I think that Connor McMichael would be better served playing in Hershey than to be a healthy scratch or sitting up in the press box. It kind of stunts his growth. And, you know, he has had some opportunities uh, to, to play, you know, in six games played, he hasn't really popped off the score sheet. And uh, I know that a lot of people around the Capitals organization and the fans say he just needs his opportunity. He hasn't had his opportunity. There's not a really uh, a good spot for him to fit in on this Capitals team right now. You know, his native position is the center position. And, uh, you know, I guess if there was an odd man out, I guess you could say that it would be Lars Eller taking him out of the lineup. So to start off the show, that's what we'll talk about is Connor McMichael. Um, and what is the master plan for him? Where does he fit? Um, just in my opinion, just to start off here, I would say that if I could give him any advice, I would tell him to be patient. His time will come. Um, if it's not this year, it might be next year. It very well could be this year. Um, I do see that Lars Eller uh, is up on his final year of his contract this year, and then he will be an unrestricted free agent next year. He is a center as well, so that kind of lends itself for uh, for Connor McMichael to, to maybe take over his spot. I wouldn't say that anything is guaranteed uh, as far as uh, Connor McMichael is concerned, but you know, that's the biggest thing is that he just kind of has to bide his time and wait for his opportunity. Um, you know, oftentimes they bring up his name in this podcast and people will say, well, you can't say, you know, he didn't do this or that. He didn't get enough playing time. And I agree with that. I hear what you're saying. But if there is not a spot for him in this lineup right now, instead of him sitting up in the press box, he would be better off down in Hershey. And uh, when Peter Laviolette pulled him aside from practice today and told him, that he was going to be going down to the Hershey Bears. He was excited, was the quote. And I think that, you know, even for Connor McMichael, you know, he's a hockey player. He loves to play hockey. He doesn't want to spend his time watching the game. He wants to be participating in the game. In a perfect world for Connor, would he want to be playing a starting role with this Caps team? 
Of course he would. But, you know, again, you got to, you know, take your time. You got to wait for the positions to make themselves available. You can't just get put in a position and hope you're going to do well. The ceiling and the trajectory for Connor McMichael is very high. So they have to kind of gauge his development and, you know, move him along the right way. Would he be best served playing on the fourth line left wing? No, I don't think that's his strong suit. And I don't think that, you know, um, putting him in just to put him in uh, does not seem like it is the right approach. Uh, so again, I just think that he has to just bide his time and just kind of wait for his opportunity. I know it's tough. You know, you kind of take a look around the league and you see some of these young guys that just get thrust in there. I saw also that uh, Shane Wright also, um, Mr. Attitude, he also thought he was going to be the number one draft pick. He also got sent down to the AHL. So these guys, I know that oftentimes they start off in these leagues and they think that they're just going to shoot straight to the top. Again, you just got to be a bit patient. And I do think in Connor McMichael's case anyway, uh, he will find a spot. This story in The Athletic, Connor McMichael, the Capitals 2019 first round draft pick and one of the organization's most important prospects has been sent to the minor leagues after suiting up only six of Washington's first 20 games. McMichael was informed of his demotion prior to Sunday's practice at MedStar Ice Complex, and he immediately headed north on I-83 to AHL Hershey to join the Bears. The 21-year-old was expected to be in Hershey's lineup later in the day against Hartford. And I'll talk about this a little bit uh, later in the show, is that uh, Dimitri Orloff and TJ Oshie are inching their way uh, back towards being in the everyday lineup. So you got to think to a certain extent that also has something to do with it as you're going to have to clear um, a roster spot. McMichael did not register a point and had only two shots on net for the Caps while aver averaging 8.52 of ice time. All at even strength, only Nicholas Abe Kubel and Beck Malenstein have averaged less playing time. I spoke with uh, Connor Caps coach Peter Laviolette said, just from a development standpoint, to get down there and play some games, play 20, 22 minutes a night, get in the middle of the ice, take face-offs, power play, get some confidence back. He was excited to play some games. So, you know, I think that a lot of the fans like to think that they know what he's thinking, you know, that he wants to be on this Capitals team no matter what. Uh, from what I heard there and what I've read is that he is excited to, for the opportunity. Again, like I talked about off the top, he is a hockey player. He wants to play games. And, you know, the AHL, uh, the American Hockey League, that is still professional hockey. It's not like he's getting set down to some bar league. He is still playing professional hockey at the end of the day. It's been tough, Lavulette acknowledged. McMichael might have been sent down earlier due to a lack of game action, but injuries and more recently, Abe Kubel's three-game suspension meant he was needed in D.C. even if it was as a spare. That changed in recent days. Abe Kubel returned to the lineup Saturday against Colorado and Dmitry Orloff and T.J. Oshie were full participants in Sunday's practice, signaling they are closer to returning to the lineup. Again, so a lot of that had to do with the suspension to Nicholas Abe Kubel. It also had to do with the players that are missing from the lineup. So 
Um, it sounds like it was going to happen earlier, but that is why it's happening now. It makes sense. McMichael's demotion cleared a roster roster spot for one of them to be activated off injured reserve and get added to the 23-man roster ahead of Wednesday's home game against Philly. In order to activate both Orloff and Oshie, a second roster spot must be cleared. As for McMichael's move, it felt as though things had been headed in this direction for weeks. The Caps have been hopeful he'd build a solid rookie campaign, which saw him amass nine goals and nine assists in 68 games. His 18 points last season, in fact, were most among rookie forwards who averaged less than 11 minutes per game. But McMichael got off to a slow start in training camp. Although he improved as camp progressed, he ultimately earned a spot on the opening night roster. So he did uh, move on as one of the two extra forwards, the other one being Joe Snively. So it remains to be seen where he fits in. As a result, McMichael dressed for only one of the Caps' first eight games, skating 8:33 at Ottawa on October 20th. When another wave of injuries hit a couple of weeks later, he drew into the lineup three times during a four-game span from October 31st to November 5th. Again, however, he only saw a spot duty, averaging 9:06 in those games. You know, so they have to do clear another roster spot. There is a guy that kind of comes to mind, and I know that some people aren't going to be too happy about it because he did really kind of pop out at practice. He propped out, popped out in the preseason is Alexi Protus. He really hasn't shown up. Uh, he hasn't lived up to that hype of who he was in the preseason. Um, I would not be surprised if you see someone like an Alexi Protus um, get sent down um, I also wouldn't be surprised, um, you know, if, you know, Nicholas Abe Kubel, I don't know what kind of leash they're going to give him, but from what it sounds like, they signed him for kind of that physical game that he brings. Um, so he might have a, a safe spot on this roster, at least uh, until Tom Wilson returns. And then, of course, Sonny Milano, who has been a bright spot on this team. Um, so just taking a look at it, if I was going to give you a knee-jerk reaction right now of who the other guy they're going to send down, I would probably say Alexi Protus. Um, I, you know, I'm not nuts about it just because of how well he played in the preseason, but that's just kind of my hunch going in here. It was a classic catch-22. McMichael needed more ice time to develop properly, but he needed to play better in order to get more ice time. The games that he's been in, there's not been any power play time, no penalty kill time. So you're talking about nine minutes and just probably not enough to keep him developing, Lavulette said. McMichael will now get that time in Hershey where he figures to play in top six roles in all situations. He also figures to be deployed as a center, the position the organization's decision makers hope he plays once he secures a full-time role in Washington. Again, so that's that's my assessment on Connor McMichael. Um, you know, it just there wasn't a spot, and when he did get his opportunities, he didn't make the most of them. And you know, I hear on YouTube and I hear on Twitter all the time, well, he didn't get enough opportunity. He's going to get those opportunities in Hershey if he's worth his salt, if he's you know worth all the hype, if he's really destined to be on this Capitals team then he's going to be able to prove it when he's down in Hershey. He's going to light it up down there. He's going to score a bunch of goals and prove to everyone why he deserves uh, to be on the Capitals, not the Hershey Bears. Uh, but as of right now, that kind of just uh, remains to be seen. All right, so after the break here, we will talk about the latest with Dmitry Orloff. We'll talk about the latest 
uh, with uh, TJ Oshie and what is the plans for them coming up. We'll talk about that next. If you've thought about securing your home with home security but have been putting it off, you'll want to listen up. Right now, Locked On Capital's listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. This is their biggest offer of the year, and you don't want to miss it. Here's why I love it. Did you know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries and package theft spike nationally? That's why our friends at Simply Safe Home Security are offering a 50% off their award winning security system so that more families can feel safe and secure this holiday season. Order your Simply Safe system for half off today and enjoy advanced security and greater peace of mind this holiday season. Here's why I love it. I had an issue where someone broke into my house, Simply Safe dispatched the police and took care of the situation. So this is the oper perfect opportunity to sign up for Simply Safe. Like they talked about, property crimes and burglaries are on the rise. That's why you need Simply Safe. In an emergency, 24/7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get priority police response. So don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system I recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL today. This is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Thank you for making Locked On Capitals your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and beyond the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it is your team every day. In this next segment, we are going to talk about the latest with TJ Oshie and uh, Dmitry Orlov, and when can we expect them to be back? They were skating at practice today, on Sunday that is. Um, does that mean that they are going to be ready for Wednesday? I guess that remains to be seen. Again, as you listen to this, it's Monday, so there is some time between now and then to see, you know, exactly, you know, when they'll be in. You know, the Capitals are looking for these key pieces to see if they can kind of ignite this team because as of late, they have been snake bitten and things are kind of going in a bad direction. And I wouldn't expect, and I'll talk about this in the last segment here a little bit, is if the Caps do not, um, you know, start to catch fire. Once you see Dmitry Orlov come back, once you see TJ Oshie come back, if they do not see, you know, any improvement out there, I would not be surprised if you start to see some changes. Um, I've heard, you know, rumors out there, is it going to be the head coach? I don't think that firing Peter Laviolette at this point is the right idea. I think that's a knee-jerk reaction. I think that that is just something to say, there, I did something and expect something great. Peter Laviolette has a great track record of winning. You know, I know that, he, that it's coming up on a contract year, you know, that, you know, uh, maybe next year he won't be the coach, uh, you know, going forward. But I think that the Capitals right now, 
I think they would be best served to just keep going uh, with Peter Laviolette at the helm. If you need to, you know, go to the waiver wire and pick up someone, if you need to uh, trade someone, I think that that would be a more prudent option than just to fire the coach uh, and hope for the best. Because even if you get a new coach, the problems still remain. You still are out Tom Wilson and Nick Backstrom and Connor Brown, and you know the list. It's a long list. So bringing a new coach in, at this juncture, I don't think it's the right idea. It's the easy decision to make. It's the, you know, predictable decision to make, but I don't think it is the right idea. Not not right now and perhaps not this year. Um, after a rough 4-0 loss to the Colorado Avalanche on Saturday, the Washington Capitals got right back to work on Sunday, taking the ice for practice as they get a few days away from game action. It was by no means an easy practice, writes Washington Hockey Now. Washington worked hard taking part in five-on-five work, uh, battle drills, and mini-scrimmage play for the club. It was a good thing to get right back out there after a defeat. You don't usually have a lot of juice after games, so you know it was very important to execute everything in practice, Kuznetsov says. I think we've done a pretty good job today, so you know you can learn this day in and day out and focus on tomorrow and work only hard on the weekend. Also smart this weekend, we've got to play smarter. Um, and then they're talking about also in this article about the players, uh, in this case, Dmitry Orloff and TJ Oshie, just really a welcome sign out there. TJ Oshie and Dmitry Orloff were a full go at Sunday's practice. Oshie has been out with a lower body injury and has been in a non-contact jersey on Saturday. However, he was a full participant on Sunday. Orloff has been in a contact sweater, but Sunday also saw him take a step forward. He and Oshie were both in line rushes as Oshie skated on the second line wing while Orloff played on the second pairing with Nick Jensen. So one of the things that spoke of often is it's not Darcy Kemper. It's not Charlie Lingren. It's the de- the defense that's folding uh, in front of the goaltenders. Well, once Dmitry Orloff is back, it's going to be all starting defensemen. So the excuses, you can kind of really start to cross them off. There is no um, viable ex- excuses anymore why the Caps defense isn't playing that great. There are questions that abound on the Caps blue line as John Carlson is the only player under contract on the blue line after this year. Um, Martin Faravari is a restricted free agent. Um, so there's a lot of you know questions that are going to be need to be answered. Are the Caps going to want to go all in on a Dmitry Orloff um, if they are planning a rebuild in the future? Um, so, you know, this is kind of a prove me. And I think this this season, you know, even if they don't have, you know, if they don't make a big push, say they don't make it into the playoffs or a deep push, they are going to accurately be able to assess what they have on the ice so they can make decisions going forward who they're going to want to keep. You know, are you know, if you're going to have a rebuild going forward. Are you going to want to ink Dmitry Orloff to a very long deal? Are you going to want to ink him to a four or five year deal? Um, he is going to probably demand a raise uh, just going based on how long he's been in the league and how well he's played. So there are some tough decisions going forward. Um, I do think this Caps team is going to look a lot different next year. Uh, again, I think this is most likely going to be the last year with Lars Eller. I would be most surprised 
if they re-signed Lars Eller, if they signed him to a new deal, it just doesn't make sense when they have that, you know, that depth down in Hershey, most notably, like we talked about Connor McMichael in the first segment there. So I do think changes afoot, but, you know, just getting back to what we're talking about with the players coming back, Dimitri Orloff and TJ Oshie, let's see what this Caps team looks like when they come back. If they come back Wednesday, you know, and I know that they might not set the world on fire after their first game back, but once they've got their legs underneath of them, let's see how well this team plays. If the if the team continues to struggle, it would be my assessment that changes need to be made if you want to make any plans of, you know, a postseason push. I know we're talking about the beginning of the season here, but if you, you know, start going too far down the standings in the Metro, you're kind of looking up and it's a really tough thing to inch your way up as teams get better and better. Um, then you're constantly trying to claw your way up uh, to get into the postseason. So I do think this is a season of transition for the Capitals, um, especially on the blue line in particular. Like I talked about John Carlson uh, being the only one under contract. So some big moves ahead, you know, but, you know, take a look at the blue line. You have Alex Alexiev, you have Lucas Johansson, two guys that have been talked about you know, as being starters for this Capitals team for years. The question for me, however, is when they're given their opportunity, Alex Alexiev has been given his opportunity. Lucas Johansson has been given his opportunity. And guess what happens? Inevitably, they always get sent back down to Hershey. You know, are they are they going to be ready for starting roles on the Capitals next year? If every time they get called up, they get a promotion, you know, they do really well, then they always get sent back down. There's something underlying with the Capitals coaching staff and the GM that makes them not sure that they're ready to play on the big team. So it's going to be interesting. You know, I think that you might see some trades coming up, and we'll talk about that in the last segment here just because I think that you need this infusion uh, to kind of jumpstart this team because it seems like it's stagnant right now. And uh, I know that some of it has to do with Wilson and Backstrom and Oshie and, and Orloff and all that, but still, even with all those guys back on the ice, do they have what it takes in the tank to go to the next level? Um, I guess that's a question that remains to be seen. I think that, you know, Nick Backstrom, I know he's been on the ice uh, some, but I still would, would be very surprised, you know, if we see him, you know, this year at all. It might be the tail end of this season or the beginning of next season. And then when he is back, he's not going to be 100% out of the gate. You know, you take a look at Tom Wilson as well. How long is it going to take? The Caps do not have enough time to kind of just screw around while they wait to see, you know, if the players that they have are going to be good enough. So some big questions, but some encouraging signs. That's my takeaway from this segment is it is a positive sign to see Dmitry Orloff and TJ Oshie back out on the ice. We got John Carlson back a few games ago, so let's see what this Caps team has and then make adjustments as needed. If you're not getting in the win column consistently, then I think it is time to um, pursue other options out there because, like I talked about, you don't have a lot of time to to see what you have. You've got to make decisions. Again, I'm not going to go. I would not recommend going for the coaching change. Change That's too, too predictable, and it's not addressing the underlying issues, which is you know, the, the myriad of injuries that are on this team. So it's going to be interesting here as we start to see some of those players return to the lineup. 
All right, so after the break here, we will talk about some of the interesting names uh, that are swirling. Uh, Elliot Friedman had talked about in his 32 uh, Thoughts podcast about some potential uh, players on this Capitals team and some trades that might take place. We'll talk about that next. BetOnline.net is the number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline where the game starts. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. In this next segment here, we are going to talk about some potential trades. Um, this emanates from Elliot Freeman's 32 Thoughts podcast. Also, some thoughts here from Washington Hockey. Now, some intriguing names to be sure uh, for this Capitals team. With Washington struggling Sportsnet's Elliot Freeman shared some thoughts on the team in his latest edition of 32 Thoughts. He wondered and clarified that this is not an official report if the team could not only be interested in Bo Horvat, of course, pending Nicholas Backstrom's future, but if San Jose Sharks blue liner Eric Carlson could also make sense for the club. And at the end of the day, it's an interesting thought to consider. Going into the offseason, the Capitals have a number of pending free agents and every roster defenseman except John Carlson is a pending restricted or unrestricted free agent. Dmitry Orloff, Nick Jensen, Trevor Van Riemsdyk, Eric Gustafson, and Matt Irwin are UFAs, while Faravari and Alex Alexiev are RFAs. Considering the situation and the fact the blue line hasn't been clicking very much, all that despite a stability last season and several changes to the pairing since changing up the blue line is definitely an option to consider. So taking that into account, would a Carlson trade make sense? A Carlson for Carlson trade, I guess, is an interesting thing to think about there. Carlson, who has a, been a star for years in Ottawa and took a bit of a dip in San Jose, has gotten back to Norris form this season with the Sharks through 20 games. He has 11 goals and 17 assists for 28 points, and he is making great plays, logging heavy minutes, and playing several different roles. Washington already has another Carlson-type defender on the roster in John Carlson, who plays the same role and is known more for his offense acumen than his defensive play. The same can be said for Carlson, but this season his defensive play has been more sound, suggesting the six foot, 190 pound blue liner could be returning to form that made him a top pick in one of the league's top defensemen over the course of the 2010s. Again, isn't that in interesting? A Carlson for Carlson trade. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I'm not quite sure what to think about it, but it is interesting that Elliot Friedman is who someone I revere as one of the best, one of the true insiders, the Adam Schefter of the NHL, if you will, you know, talking about, you know, uh, possibilities of what could be Bo Horvat and uh, uh, Carlson on this team. Two names that are kind of known around the NHL, but at the end of the day, is that going to be 
enough to kickstart this team. If you add Carlson or say you even add Bo Horvat to this team, is that going to be enough to ignite this team and push them over the top? They addressed a lot of the positions in the offseason, getting Connor Brown, Dylan Strom, Kemper, and Lindgren. But ultimately, at the end of the day, the injuries have proven to be insurmountable, at least so far for this Capitals team. I know that some players are you know, slowly coming back, as we talked about in the previous segment, TJ Oshie and John Carlson. But just making these small movements... Um, you know, having Orloff come back and having TJ Oshie come back, you know, it's going to be an interesting measuring stick. So now you take a look at two interesting, intriguing names out there in Carlson and Bo Horvat. And, you know, again, that's my big question. Those are no names around the league. So if you follow the NHL, you've heard of both of those names, right? But are they going to make a difference? You don't want to make change for change's sake. I think what this Caps team needs is more than just two players. I think they could use a handful of players to really kind of jumpstart them. I mean, you still have the staples on the team. You have your John John Carlson. You have your Alex Ovechkin. You have big-name players uh, that are worth their salt. But it's just a lot of the other guys are just kind of hanging on in there. You know, Anthony Mantha, has he truly lived up to his potential? At the end of the day, was trading Anthony Mantha uh, to or trading Jacob Verana and a draft pick worth getting Anthony Mantha? That is the question. Uh, he's a very hot and cold player. You take a look at him. That's interesting. You know, you take a look at these waiver wire pickups. They picked up our uh, release from a PTO, Sonny Milano and Nicholas Abe Kubel. Again, this is just trying anything desperately to take the jumper cables and try to put it on this Capitals team and see if they can get the thing to turn over. As of right now, it's not turning over. It's not enough. You know, you kind of heard the you heard the engine turn over a little bit when they picked up Sonny Milano, but then, you know, battery's dead again. What do they do? So just some tough things out there. I know that they're trying to do, you know, smaller things, but I think that ultimately what this team needs is bigger things. It's not just, you know, making these small changes for change sake. Don't get me wrong. I do think that you know, picking up someone like Carlson from the Sharks, it's a big name. His, you know, stats are quite extensive. Uh, again, you know, Bo, uh, Bo Horvat, another uh, known name. Both teams that are struggling, the Sharks, uh, they're also struggling. So they're looking to uh, jumpstart uh, their team as well, ultimately, at the end of the day. That's what it, this is about. They wouldn't, you know, give up with someone like a Carlson um, if, you know, if they were playing well. So it is interesting to see what happens here. Um, so just taking a look at it, the Capitals also need some depth on the right side after Trevor Van Riemsdyk. The only right-hand defenseman in the system close to the NHL is Iorio, and he is now playing in his first pro season down with the Bears. So having another top right-hand defenseman with all-star ability who can also change the look on the power play and provide a more depth and a different look to the blue line would be a good move to have. Plus, having two veterans and right-hand defensemen could help when it comes to injecting more youth on the blue line as they could mesh well with the likes of younger influx of left-hand defensemen like Johansson waiting to make the jump. Also, Carlson is a proven leader and can be a positive voice in the room. Um, it is an interesting thing. You know, it's a lot of money. It would be a gamble, though. Carlson has an annual ca uh, cap hit of $11.5 million over the next four seasons. That and Carlson's cap hit of $8 million through 2026 
would be a lot to spend on two right-hand defensemen. But then again, it could lead to a different look on the power play and even give a new look to the blue line. Still, the team would have to have enough cap space, so it would have to work not only address the other free agents, but also work in regards to the injuries up front because once Backstrom and Tom Wilson return, their salaries would have a major impact on the cap. Gotta admit, I'm not crazy about Carlson's $11.5 million over the next four seasons. As this team has talked about wanting to get younger, it's talking about wanting to get faster. Adding another guy that's a bit older with a long contract with a big cap hit, it doesn't seem like a good idea to me. It just really, I know it's a name, it's a sexy name out there, you know, oh, we got Carlson on our blue line, you know. Again, it, I know I understand what they're trying to go with here. It's a big name, but one guy, a big cap hit, and a lot, lot of term there. It just for me, it doesn't seem to be uh, what the uh, doctor ordered here, anyway. So the core is aging. The Stanley Cup window is closed, and Washington has the second oldest roster in the league. Uh, behind the Pittsburgh Penguins, and as evident from some games so far this season, younger teams have shown they play a much faster and all-around stronger game than the Capitals. So bringing in Carlson, who will be 37 when his deal ends, wouldn't necessarily go with the plan of making the roster younger, but it could add to the win-now factor of a club. So just taking a look at it, and what would the Capitals have to give up? Are they going to have to to give up a draft pick for him? You know, it just, to me, it just, I like the idea of it, but when it comes to the actuality of it, I don't like, I don't like the term. I don't like the cap hit. I don't like how many years he's going to be on this team. I just, I don't like it. I don't think that those are, those are good solutions. And I don't think that, you know, picking up those two players again is going to jump this team get it to turn over and, you know, get it to run smoothly. I just don't think, I think we're going to have to kind of gauge it, see how this team plays once the team, these players start returning and then kind of assess it and then make moves going forward. Um, but, it, you know, it might be some, you know, rough sledding here uh, until we get a lot of these guys back. So let's just hope that, they, you know, once we get these players back, they do uh, start to perform on a top level. Thank you for making Locked On Capitals your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So once again, thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. My name is Dan Holmey, and I'll talk to you again next time.